This reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, and he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So I hope Christmas preparations are going well. And it's fascinating, isn't it, that each year gives us a slightly different pattern of services insofar as the relationship between Sundays and Christmas. And this year we have this wonderful flow of three days, today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. And as well as last Sunday morning, we have this great umbrella theme of Christmas hope. The letters that Amanda spoke about last Sunday are hanging there at the back of the baptistry, beautifully decorated. So that kind of just sits there as a reminder of our hope theme through this Christmas time. And especially this morning, thinking particularly of Jesus to the rescue. On the 23rd of June, after a football practice, 12 key teenagers entered a cave in Thailand with their assistant coach. Shortly afterwards, the cave became flooded from heavy rain, leaving the group trapped two and a half miles from the entrance. You'll remember this story, I'm sure, from the media. The cave was a snaking system of caverns and crevices. And the rescue attempt captured global interest. It captured the concern of people all across the world, day after day, until that rescue was finally completed on the 10th of July. You'll recall that the rescue operation included divers swimming with the children on their backs, using the pulley system that's in the picture with stretchers, and other carefully planned maneuvers in order to complete this amazing rescue. Sadly, one life was lost during the whole process, one of the Thai rescue divers. And that highlighted the risks and the dangers that were there in the whole operation. One of the boys, Adam, pictured here, was the only boy who could speak English. The first divers who reached them were a group from the UK, so when they asked how many were in the group, Adam answered, there are 13 of us. In other words, they were all there. Some of the boys were from a Buddhist background. Adam was a Christian. He chose, after the rescue, to give thanks to God at a special church service held in his local church with Christians from across the district of northern Thailand, along with some local governors, officers, and rescue workers. 
And in that service, he spoke of his experience of being trapped for a whole week before anyone found them. And also of his prayer in the cave when he said, Lord God, I am only a boy. You are Lord Almighty. You are holy and you are powerful. Right now, I can't do anything. May you protect us. Come to help all 13 of us. Adam was a child sponsored by the Compassion Project. And actually, his church was his home. His parents were part of an ethnic group known as the Lua or the Wa group. And they too came to that church Thanksgiving service. It was a wonderful celebration of an amazing rescue. Eight years earlier, something similar happened in Chile. And I expect many of you remember this story as well. That Josie Gonzalez was one of the 33 miners trapped 700 meters underground for 69 days after the rocks fell in a mine and blocked their exit. Josie led the trapped miners in prayers every day. Prayer that went along these lines. Lord, we are not the best men. Have mercy on us. Look after the young. Look after our families. We cannot do anything here. All we have left is you. Because we have no one else to call out to. Because we know you are the one who hears our prayers. When the accident happened, the men had food to last for just three days. They managed to eke out their supplies by eating once every three days, and this way lasted until the 16th day, at which point food was seriously running out. On the 17th day, contact with them was made. As you know, for those of you who remember this incident, it took a further 52 days to complete the rescue. But all the miners emerged safe and well. And that, too, was a wonderful moment of celebration. And Chile's president at the time declared that faith had moved mountains. I don't know if any of you have been watching the program this autumn, Saving Lives at Sea. I guess that because I grew up by the coast of the estuary at South End, and uh, spent quite a lot of time out in the uh, Thames estuary at high tide where the water was uh, quite substantial and was very much familiar with tide and currents and all the ups and downs of this sort of thing. It captured my interest. Uh, and obviously with our family, many of our family living at the moment by the coast. This program featuring the RNLI and many rescue operations that take place every year. And one of them is, is this video, it's a silent video, I'm going to keep talking over it. Uh, as the lifeboat approached this yacht in incredibly heavy seas off the coast of Ireland, and the yacht was in serious danger, they threw a line, which I forget the formal title of this, but that uh, line that you see going out there uh, enabled the yacht to stabilize a little bit as the, uh, uh, whatever was on the end of the line was just holding the water and stabilizing the, the yacht up to a point such that they could then throw a line to tow and they managed to get a tow line across and amazingly in this incredibly rough sea that tow line held 
And what's condensed in one minute of video was actually three hours of rescue as uh, the boat was brought into calmer waters and uh, on the final leg of its journey was actually able to make its own way back to the uh, harbour side. That was uh, in October nine, uh, 2017. It was Storm Ophelia that uh, led to that dramatic rescue. Now, these are all examples of amazing rescue operations. Those involved were all in life-threatening situations. Their only hope was other people coming to the rescue. Those boys in the Thailand cave would have died if no one else got to them. The miners at Chile would have died if no one else got to them. Those three yachtsmen on that yacht, the yacht would have capsized. They would have drowned if no one else got to them. So what has all this got to do with Christmas? Well, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, part of our reading, says these words. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means savior. And the birth of Jesus is the greatest rescue operation of all. Now that needs a little bit of unpacking. Because initially it may not make too much sense that this beautiful story of the nativity and all the stuff that goes around Christmas is actually saying something about a rescue. Let's look at it a little bit more. Who needs to be rescued? It was quite clear in each of the stories that I mentioned just now who was in danger. Twelve children, a young adult, and a young adult in Thailand, 33 miners in Chile, three sailors on the ocean seas. But you might be sitting there saying, I'm perfectly comfortable, I'm not in any situation like that. I don't need to be rescued. But we do need to be rescued. Further on in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes about our human nature as something that draws us away from God and towards those things that are not right. Romans chapter 7 and verse 24. This is the Apostle Paul describing himself. He says, what a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a sense in which we all need to be rescued. None of us are living perfect lives, however good we might think we are. Something has got in the way. Something has spoiled the beauty of that life as God intends us to live it. There are selfish thoughts. There are missed acts of kindness. There are wrong words. There are damaging actions. There are failures that may seem small and insignificant or may seem larger and highly significant. But from God's point of view, it's all the same. And the only answer is Jesus. We saw it so clearly in what Dave was expressing and demonstrating earlier on. And the remarkable truth of Christmas is that the baby in the manger is none other than the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And in Him alone is our help. We do need to be rescued and Jesus is the one 
who makes this possible. So then we might ask, how can we know God's rescue today? How can this make a difference to who we are and how we live today? In each of the stories that we had earlier on, the process was the same. Those who were involved in the rescue came to where the victims were. They came alongside them. They stayed with them in some instances for a long period of time. And then in due course, led them step by step to a place of safety. This is what Jesus has done for us. Christmas tells us that Jesus has come to where we are. That though he was the Son of God and though he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and everything about that was so remarkable, nevertheless it was also so similar. As he came into the world, as we came into the world, as he grew up, as we grew up, he came alongside. And as he came alongside, and entered human life. He shared our human emotions, our joys and our sorrows. He understood, he communicated with people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all nationalities. He broke so many of the conventions of his time as he lifted the status of the child, the woman, the person of a different background. Everyone was so important to him. And many aspects of the Christmas story actually give us hints of what lies ahead. Because the angels announced to the shepherd, I bring you good news for all people. Not just for some people, but for all people. After Jesus was born and then some day, days later was taken to Jerusalem, to the temple, for the appropriate rituals at that time, Simeon said, this child, is one who will be spoken against. And he also said to Mary, a sword will pierce your own heart too. A very clear indication that something difficult and painful was going to happen further on. And the wise men, who brought their gifts of gold that represents kingship, frankincense, that represents the priestly role of standing in the place of someone else and myrrh, in anticipation of death. These gifts were a clear indication that something very special was going to happen to Jesus. And what we know as we look back after that relatively short time of public ministry, we know that Jesus faced increasing hostility, eventually death on the cross. And that death was not because he'd done anything wrong, but because through his suffering and through his death, we might be forgiven and might be made new. And a later part of the New Testament describes it in this way, that when Jesus died, he carried our sins in his own body to the cross so that we could be rescued from sin and brought into the kingdom of light and love. And that's what happens when we trust in Jesus today. It takes a step of repentance and of faith. And it amounts to an amazing rescue operation. And so there is always hope. Whatever's going on, there is hope. And fundamentally there is hope. Because Jesus 
is able to bring his forgiving presence and power into our lives. I'm going to say more tomorrow evening about hope in all those different circumstances, that wherever we find ourselves this Christmas, there is always hope. Because Jesus comes to where we are, and he wants to lift us to the place where he is and bring us into his kingdom of light and love and joy and peace. And so we want to say, God, we put our hope in you alone. This Christmas, that is where our hope lies.